on TV, online, and once upon a time there were these two poker commentators, they sucked the end. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. I am back in Las Vegas, and this is the last show of season two of EPT Not Live. Season two? When did season one end? I don't know. Must have, we must have had a break last summer at some point. Okay, so we're doing it summer to summer, basically. Yeah, it's like for the corresponding EPT season. Okay, I'm down with that. Fine. We are going on a six-week summer break, but that we'll be correct. back. Okay, I was waiting for the... Waiting for, I knew if I was right, it would take a while to get the response, but if I was wrong, you were going to be right there. We're going on a six-week summer break, but we'll be back just in time to start getting you all my babies excited for EPT 13 Barcelona. Coming up on today's show, I went to the celerity. <laughs> celerity. It was celerious. I went to the celebrity charity poker event of the summer, uh, which was really funny because uh, when I told someone else I did that, they were like, um, so they paid for you to get in? And I was like, <laughs> no. I just... I just went as a punter. But you were the guest of honor, remember? That's right. Oh, yeah. More on that in a little bit. Uh, this led to some next day shenanigans with a former member of the New England Patriots. Your favorite sports team. Which, <laughs> you know what? I, I, you know what's weird is when I was hanging out with that dude, forgot all about how much I've called them cheaters <laughs> on the internet. Wow, that's weird. How convenient for me. Uh, by the way, that those shenanigans did include me having to be escorted back to my room by security. On Saturday afternoon. Yeah, we should point out that this week's event recap is under the banner headline, Joe's Vegas Shenanigans. I wish they were even fun shenanigans. They're like just like, I'm too old. I'm like, I'm too old for this shit shenanigans. Um, We've got budding poker commentator James Day coming on the show today. This kid out of Australia sent me a a video of him doing commentary. He's going to be sort of our guest, our whipping boy and our super fan. Um, and James, he picked Survivor, yeah, as his uh, celebrity, as his celebrity, as his specialty subject. And I love your suggestion when I said, "Oh Christ, I don't know nothing, anything about Survivor." And you suggested that I get Daniel Negreanu to write the questions. Daniel, yeah. do, you, do, you mind, do you mind not entering that 10K event, the World Series tomorrow, and doing some Survivor trivia instead? Look, I was thinking that it would be really fun if instead of that, like, because, all right, so Daniel texted me a bunch after last week's show because he demanded to know who the poker player was that wanted to punch me in the face <laughs> and who I went on the date with 10 years ago. And um, and so, uh, of course, I told him. And then I was like, hey, man, you really like Survivor, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to hit him up because I wanted to have trial by combat. Like, this dude comes on the show, and I'm like, I choose for me, Daniel Negreanu. But uh, Daniel was like, no, I'm playing the World Series. Fuck off. Yes. Um, So, yeah, and also I got to play in the GPL uh, this week, so in the Cube. So I'll talk about that a little bit later on. Isn't it disturbing that when that was publicized, you had to keep including the caveat, this is not a joke? (laughs) Yes. Because that's the problem, Joe, when you do fake tweet after fake photoshop after fake commercial and suddenly something is real and no one believes it you are the proverbial boy who cries wolf i mean it sucks because people believe my tweets when i don't want them to like (laughs) yesterday when i mimicked that eugene catchlove tweet about the uh, rental car and (laughs) saw that half the people replied to me being like god you're a fucking douchebag who would ever say google me and i was like it's a joke (laughs) it's a joke 
Um, oh, so, yeah, speaking of social media, what's happening? What's um, happening in the tweet world? If you'll forgive me the indulgence, Joe, I'd like to start by drawing attention to one of my own tweets. Um, okay, sure. Because last Thursday, I, I'll I, allow it. I wrote the following. It was a tweet that, that seemed to get quite a lot of likes and quite a lot of retweets. I wrote that 2016 has been a really shit year. And disturbingly, it has the potential to get a lot, lot worse. And I think it's pretty clear that I was referring to real world events and obviously not something we're going to discuss on this podcast. It's not the right platform for political discussion. And I think it's fair to say that our weekly hour of irreverence and irrelevance is meant to provide a respite, a distraction from the harsh realities of this world. But there is one shit thing that happened in the last few days that I do want to talk about because it is relevant to poker, relevant to the UK poker community and relevant to the EPT because I'm sad to report that we've lost a member of the EPT Life family. Oh, yeah. A guy by the name of Chinko Ko, better known in the poker world as Chinese Frankie, very sadly passed away last week. Most people knew him as a regular at DTD, the poker club in Nottingham, but he was also an EPT Live superfan. He'd never appeared on the podcast, but people who follow the Twitter timeline whenever we do a webcast will know his name because he was a prolific tweeter. And Joe, I don't know whether you ever got to meet Frankie on your travels on the UK circuit. I think I played with him before I knew who he was. Same because here. Because he seems very familiar to me, yeah. Same here. I first came across him in 2011 when I played a six-max event at DTD, and he was one of those people who you immediately remember because he was a huge presence at the table. He was verbal diarrhea. He talked endlessly and was incredibly entertaining, and I thought he was a wonderful character to have at your, at your table. And he did a lot of talking on Twitter as well. Um, because he watched pretty much every stream from the EPT, he was a big contributor to the show, and he's one of those people, Joe, who was a big supporter of ours, was always paying us compliments, and we never got the opportunity to tell him that we appreciated that, so I just really wanted to take a moment to say that everyone who does provide all those nice comments, all the super fans out there, all the regular EPT live viewers and contributors that we do appreciate you guys because there is so much negativity and toxicity on social media. We even have a feature on this show where you have one of your social media beefs, Joe, and there's so much trolling, so much abuse. And however thick skinned you are, and you're supposed to be thick skinned when you're an asshole with a microphone, it can get to you. (laughs) So even though we take the piss out of our regs, even though we threaten to block people who tweet too much and we rarely read their comments anymore, I want these people to know that we do appreciate their support. So I just wanted to take a brief moment to say thank you. Sure, I agree. I echo that sentiment. Thank you. Chinese Frankie, man, his heart was as big as his font size. Am I right? I mean, that's what I remember (laughs) most about him is he is the first guy that ever wrote to me in all caps and it wasn't insulting. Like he's <laughs> his first like three years of Twitter, he didn't know where the cat I, I wanted to, to make a joke on Twitter. I figured it wouldn't have gone over that well, but I think I can say it out loud that I was like, you know, I, I, I hope that you find peace in the afterlife the way you eventually found where the caps lock key was, because <laughs> he he it took him a while to figure out that it didn't have to be all capital letters. Love the guy. So a quick few tweets from last week. We've got a new listener, so we welcome Robert Towers to EPT Not Live. He says, I was a little hesitant at first, but I'm really enjoying the podcast so much that I'm going and listening to earlier shows. And he tweets from Moose Jaw Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, that place. 
Saskatchewan. That's the one. So, you know what? We don't need the, we don't need his hesitant Canadian ass. To go, delete all the shows. Unlisten to them. Just kidding. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Matt Richardson says, I'm going to miss the show when you guys go on break, but reckons that Stapes is going to have many stories when you get back, and I imagine James will have some good movie reviews. Uh, Joe, I think you're blowing all the stories in this episode, right? I mean, I'm sure that there will be more stories, but the problem is never not having enough stories. It's having too many stories. So I don't know. We might have to do like a four-hour summer retrospective uh, when we get back. I hope to have a few more stories, but not too many, especially not the type that I'm telling later. And I'm not sure, Matt, if you want me to start breaking down the movies I've been watching recently. I mean, I could go into detail yes, about... Yes, no, I want you to. I know I know that we can't ha- be in the studio for crazy long today, but like, yeah, let's talk movies for a second. Okay, um, Ella Enchanted was what I watched last night. Exactly. You see, you don't okay, want to do a movie review, do you? Yeah, no, I really no, don't. No, exactly. I, I changed my mind. In, in all seriousness, it's been kids' movies back to back. Um, my Is favorite... that the one with Doug Ray Scott? No, it's uh, Hugh Dancy and Anne Hathaway. Uh, okay. Uh, I do want to quickly read this tweet because it's my favorite one of the week from Will Hose on Fire. Um, he says, as a person who has the last surname as Maria, that hoe game was terrible. In fact, it was horrific even if I do say so myself. I couldn't tell if that was an actual insult or a compliment, <laughs> like an insult just to get to the joke, but either way, I appreciate it. Uh, just real quick, James, I just have a very fast blanket, eat a big old pile of shit, social media beef, to everyone who didn't get the joke when I tweeted that <laughs> fo- bad Photoshop of my face on top of the celebrity charity poker tournament flyer. I don't flyer. understand how anyone couldn't get that it was a joke. From the typo to the bad effort, I, either it was great, either it was hilarious. I actually am so bad at Photoshop that the only way I could make the thing that said Joe Stapleton opaque was to highlight it and then screenshot it. <laughs> because I couldn't even figure out how to make it not see-through. So My favorite I mean, was the guy who actually tweeted, wow. Hashtag no effort. <laughs> yeah, like, and the so irony is, effort. there was a lot of effort. <laughs> so much effort. Like, and it's just, and it's all the people, and all the people who felt the need to tell me that my name was spelled wrong on it. Just eat a big old pile of shit. Okay, thank you. Look, <laughs> we got some poker news to get to. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for EPT Not Live News. Dateline, Las Vegas, Nevada, and I guess an addendum to last week's poker news where we reported that Jason Mercier had won his uh, fourth World Series bracelet, his first of this summer. Um, As soon as we actually finished recording, Joe, he then got heads up in another event, (laughs) but was denied a bracelet, but then goes on to make the final table of the 10K horse, wins that, his second bracelet of the summer, and his fifth bracelet overall. And of course, this is an amazing achievement for any player. But the reason why this particular story, why this particular player is getting more attention than anyone else right now is because of what you alluded to last week, which is his bracelet bet with Vanessa Selbst, a $10,000 bet, which he got offered odds of 180 to 1 on. Right, and I think I do believe the bet's been settled at this point. All the chats died down about it. I saw some allusions to it having been been settled uh, privately. So that sweat is gone. That specific one with Vanessa, but Jason has similar bets with lots of other people. And I believe James last night, yesterday, he finished eighth or tenth in another event. 
Absolutely, yes. Another 10K event. It is quite incredible, the run he is having. And certainly, uh, when we come back from that six-week summer break, he's someone we've got to get on the show to talk about this amazing summer. James, do you think I could get Doug Polk to call me a terrible comedian? And then I'll just fucking blow up. Like, I'll just play Madison Square Garden, like, in the next 10 months. Because that's, <laughs> man, Doug Polk, he's like the anti-motivator or, or the, the motivator with the anti-sweat. Like, good job, Doug Polk. Best poker coach ever. But after we uh, recorded last week's show and after Jason continues to make these deep runs in 10K events, more and more emerged about the background of this bracelet bet and it all got a little bit nasty it was all being fanned by people who were kind of chiming in with their popcorn in their hands um one person who did actually comment on this is someone who is joining us now live on the line from their holiday please welcome to the podcast making his debut on the show which i find hard to believe because wait what yeah i know i'm so sorry how have we never had lex valdhouse on epc not live before lex welcome thanks it was a nice intro and then all of a sudden i was insulted no well that's that's really great to be here kind of what happens when you're around us i'm afraid to be fair most of the insults (laughs) come from his direction rather than mine all right, all right. I'll take no, that. I'm actually really. I feel like as far as people that um, that are cool and can't say no to us, it's really weird <laughs> <laughs> that we haven't had. Are you on vacation right now, buddy? We do appreciate it. You left your girlfriend down on the beach. Yeah, no, I'm with uh, my girlfriend and my mom just a week out to the sun. Uh, it's really nice, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's no trouble. I always like talking to you guys. Where are you? Uh, I'm in Turkey right now. Like uh, Turkey? Yeah, a small village. Huh. I don't know what else I can say about Turkey that won't get cut from the show, so I'll just let James ask the next question. <laughs> one of the reasons why, obviously, you're on our radar, Lex, is because you are one of the few poker professionals right now who is not in Las Vegas. How come no World Series of Poker this year? Um, actually, two years ago, I think uh, partly because I didn't do too well at them, and I just didn't really like tournaments anymore. They kind of bored me, so I quit playing a lot of live tournaments. Um, even the lure of the WSP main event I could resist. Uh, last year I skipped as well. I had a great summer. And now I actually started playing tournaments again online, but it's too soon for me to know if it's actually because I'm streaming them that makes them so fun or that I actually like playing tournaments again. So I figured it was a bit too quick to just uh, start playing a lot of tournaments. This is like getting back together with an old girlfriend and you're like, I don't know if we should move in together just yet. Like We're just sort of... <laughs> We're just sort of feeling things out. It feels good, but I don't know if it's just because we've been apart for a while. But the great thing is, Lex, that you have basically been owning Twitch because everyone else is out playing live events in Vegas. You're on PokerStars, grinding out every day and bringing Omaha to the masses. Yeah, actually, um, it's I do... It's it's really weird. It is really like Joe said. I mean, it's like you're back together with an ex-girlfriend that, you know, destroyed you, cheated on you. (laughs) Um, But... I don't know, man. I started out just streaming uh, uh, Omaha, and I just kind of figured that it's not really suited for streaming because if you play Omaha, you either you need to pay really good attention to the small pots, and that makes your stream suffer because you talk less, and then also you can't play too high because you give away too much because you know Omaha people study a lot. So, and then people requested me to just play like small to medium stakes tournaments, and I've been doing that four out of five sessions a week. And I'm actually really liking it. So there's only one PLO day a week, and the rest is just uh, MTTs now, which is very ironic, I realize that. Yeah. Lex, which is better, Omaha week or Shark week? <laughs> What's Shark week? 
Okay, well, I guess that answers it. Omaha Week is better. Uh, Shark Week is this uh, week of of programming where it's nothing but TV shows about sharks. Don't worry. You'll see it one day. Uh, I've actually been following. I haven't been watching uh, your streams necessarily because I've been doing my own stuff, but I've been following your Twitter, obviously, and it seems like... um, seems like you're kind of running hot. Like, it seems like every couple of days you're at a final table of, of these mid-stakes tournaments. But I'm like, oh, wait, he's a professional poker player, though. <laughs> like, are these <laughs> are these scores, is this standard for you? Or are you just having, like, a bit better run than you ever had before, at least as far as frequency of final tables? Um, well, I mean, of course, there's, like, five days drought that, that you buy in for a lot of money for. But uh, I've definitely been steadily winning. I think it's a combination of... Uh, you know, refund passion, a little bit of run goods, um, some resurfacing no limit hold'em skill, and I'm actually doing studying too. Which I don't know. I, it's it, friends of mine tell me, oh, I thought you were done with tournaments. I thought you hated them, and I was like, well, you know, you can hate a certain artist, and I like his music after. So um, I feel it's like a combination of everything. Uh, I have been studying a lot, and I think one of the greatest things that studying does is aside from teaching you some very useful stuff for certain spots. It also makes you aware of your game. Like, you look at your game more critically. You don't autopilot when you're studying because, you know, you want to find new mistakes. You want to find new stuff to improve on. And I've been doing that, and it's, I don't know, it's been going great, yeah. It sounds like, also, Lex, that maybe you've grown and changed a little bit, huh? Um, Well, yeah, for sure. Like, um, (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes, you know... I would be very erratic when approaching poker. I I was convinced that a certain part of the way I used to play like eight years ago, that it had merit. It's like, you know, you see Benny Spindler do it, but Benny Spindler can actually pull back a little and switch gears. And I was never able to do that. So that's what what kind of caused uh, some big blow-ups. But I definitely feel I'm mature too. Like I can sometimes pull the gas back. I'm more comfortable was just sitting there. I noticed that during the uh, EPT Grand Final in Monte Carlo and EPT Dublin that I played this year, um, those were the first two live tournaments I played in two years. And I was just sitting there grinding peacefully. And I was like, oh, I'm one of them now. Uh, well, Lex, <laughs> I would say, I mean, it does, I think it does have merit because you're somebody now. Like, we know who you are. And so, you know, part of that playing style that you had led us to know Lex Online, Team, team Online Pro. You know what I mean? And it led mm-hmm. to a lot, a lot of jokes from Joe Stapleton about your failure to make day two of an MTT. Hey, let's just not focus on that till I get what I need from him. <laughs> I think he's well aware of where he ranks in the or league of, uh, of of joke making. The the worst of jokes are that he makes about you, and he, I do know he makes a lot of bad jokes, but um, still, all the jokes that are coming my way, I see them as appreciation. So it's all good. It is. Now, Lex, I did see a couple of replays of a couple of the streams you did. I think it was during Omaha week. And I noticed that uh, you were actually being the teacher to Marc-Andre Ladouceur. Yeah, yeah. Is he um, as dumb as his good looks would indicate? (laughs) (laughs) Well, quite the opposite, actually. It was really cool to see because I would do the... uh, As as James said, I did the, um, the coaching live on stream. Um, and he was very well prepared for it. And the cool thing was that my viewers that would normally just watch my Omaha or other explanations and trying to learn from it, they would see how somebody who's uh, gotten really good at a game already, how they would look at it learning a new game. They were so impressed with you know, how he prepared, the questions he was asking, the, the spots that he thought would give him trouble, all this kind of stuff. So I, I think it's really good content for people that are trying to approach a new game for sure. Nice. 
Now, Lex, one of the things I did notice on your uh, Twitter timeline in the last few weeks is that you were asked a question uh, by one of your followers for a comment on the controversy surrounding the uh, Selbst Mercia bracelet bet. And I was surprised to actually see your reply because a lot of people have shied away from this one. Joe went to great lengths last week not to comment on this story, but you clearly felt that, no, you were going to weigh in. Yeah, I don't really mind sharing my opinion. I mean, you know, if as long as you're respectful to the people involved, like I wouldn't comment on people's financial situation, you know, and I wouldn't pretend to know them either. But if somebody asks my opinion, I don't mind sharing it. You know, it's uh, it's out in the open anyway. It's a public thing that's happening. So, yeah. I love some of these quotes from Lex. He is, quote, unquote, enjoying the fallout and, quote, unquote, most fun WSOP sweat ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... You know, like I said on Twitter, I can't, I can't even remember the last time that I looked up chip counts of a tournament that a friend wasn't going deep in. <laughs> and now all of a sudden I'm looking if Mercer has a big stack, you know. And I just, I just like to see the sweat. I do admit I like a little drama here and there. I just like, I like it when people get pulled out of their comfort zone and they have to make decisions or react to certain stuff. You know, I, I think that's part of the reason why I used to play like I play, because I feel like. You know, pulling people out of their comfort zone, seeing them squirm a little, like bluffing, you know, all that stuff. So just reading about these huge sweats that are going on and, uh, and you have to imagine, you know, there's there's a, there's obviously uh, some ego here and there. And to see people, you can just imagine a night where people are drinking, making this huge bet, talking louder than the other, saying, you, oh, you have no idea, of course I can win three braces. No, I swear, I'll, I'll bet you $2 million, you know, stuff like that. And now yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, it's real, you know? It is real. And it's interesting, you made the point that it is out there in the public. And that, I kind of think, is the problem with it. I'm not going to start pointing fingers and, and offering an opinion on who's right and who's wrong in this situation. But I'm not a fan of the fact that it's all being done out in the open and that we're seeing two sponsored pros bickering on public platforms and I'm a little bit worried whether it sends the right message about the game maybe I'm being a bit oversensitive here but while the geeks on the forums and you know when you have to go on two plus two and in between all the misogynistic and homophobic remarks about <laughs> Vanessa there's a sense that they find the whole thing very exciting but in the real world my feeling is that looking at the reactions of friends and acquaintances who aren't necessarily poker people they find the whole thing pretty repugnant they think it's vulgar. They're disgusted by it. And I worry about how that then makes the industry look in front of the mainstream. Well, I mean, you know, if if you're really worried about it coming out in the open, do it behind closed doors in the hotel room, make the bet, say, let's keep this between us. But there were obviously a lot of, pe obviously a lot of people present. You know that there's a lot of gossip, as in any industry, uh, where there's like a pretty small uh, professional field compared to the total population of playing the game. So... There's going to be a lot of gossip. I don't know. I think it's a little naive to think that it's not going to go public. And I don't really see the problem with it because I think it's also, it represents more of a normal um, a normal community, right? I mean, not all the sponsored pros are going to be friends. Uh, some like each other more than others. I mean, some maybe dislike each other. But the fact that two of them can have an argument only makes it more real. I don't think it, I don't think it hurts anything. I mean... I think sending a message where oh we're all this one big happy family, you know, because we're sponsored by the same the same company, that that's just very unbelievable. So, uh, Lex, I know that you're on vacation, so I want to cut you loose, but can you play a game with us really quick? Sure. Okay. So we pronounce Lex's name as Veldhaus because we're stupid English speakers and we can't say it correctly, right? Hmm. <laughs> 
How do you really say your last name? Well, it is actually if if you say purely Dutch, it's Veldhuis, which that is very really similar to the English because house comes from house. So saying them almost the same is is, is perfect. That's why today's game is called House of a Thousand Houses. And all these are are trivia questions that have the word house in them. Oh god. All right. All so uh, all I'm going right. to let I'm gonna, but I I'm thinking for next season. This is the season finale of, of the show that I'm going to add some lifelines. So I'm going to try these, right? Lex, you can either one flip a coin, two phone a heart again, or three tell a bad joke. So if you don't know the answer, you can flip a coin, you can phone a heart again, or you can tell a bad joke. Oh my god, I don't, I, I'm one of those people that don't know any jokes, so I have two ho- lifelines. Alright, let's go. Okay, you can use a flip a coin or phone a heart again. Question number one, the cheap happy hour Merlot I got drunk on before my audition in LA last week was sold as the... House wine? House wine is correct. I was going to go with house red. I'll give you house wine since it's the first question, and you seem to get the game. One for one. <laughs> I think they should actually get an extra point, Joe, for grasping what the game's about. Fine, give him two points. All right, two points. Nice. Let's go. Question number two. The area known as Soho in New York City is so named because it is south of what street? Uh, housing district? No. Is that a thing? It is not a thing. It is south of Houston. Houston Street. <laughs> is that's And that's not Houston Street? It is not Houston Street. Common New York City noob mistake. Joe, do you remember when we were walking down said street and that car went past and these guys goes, Hey, how's this name? How's this street pronounced? And I went, Houston. (laughs) And I settled a bet for a bunch of Americans. It was amazing. (laughs) That was a very, very cool moment that didn't. I mean, usually when a group of Americans drive by in a car, you expect to get hit with something. (laughs) All right. Question number three. The Sega Light Gun arcade game, later made for Dreamcast, involved characters named Thomas Rogan and G as they attempted to defeat evil Dr. Kyrian. Is this the first gaming question you ever asked me that I'm going to get wrong? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Do you want to flip a coin or phone a hardigan? Yes! Uh, well, no, definitely not phone a hardigan on this one. Flip a coin. Okay, flip a coin. Tell me if it comes up heads or tails. Uh, I'll throw my iPhone. Oh, shit. Um, oh, my not- What the fuck God. did you just do? Lex just right. broke his iPhone in a bid to answer <laughs> a quiz question. It was heads. It was heads? Yeah. Well, I was going to give it to you no matter what, just to be funny, but you didn't even flip a coin, so unfortunately, no, t- heads is incorrect. The answer we were looking for is House of the Dead. Question number four. This 90s comedy drama featured the trials and tribulations of a... What? Full House. Come on, Lex. Listen to the goddamn question. Next. This 90s show... This 90s comedy drama featured the trials and tribulations of a teenage doctor. Oh. Uh, House? House incorrect. Neither Full House nor House are correct. We're looking for Doogie Hauser, MD. Wait, is what? that Mesh? Lex, the answer was Doogie Hauser, MD. <laughs> the answer was not Mesh. Do you, don't you have like. What? Do you know where your guest is from? Do you think yeah. I'm like from Kentucky or something, knowing all this stuff? Do you think that was ever on TV in Holland? Okay, here you go. Here's a non TV question, Lex. Oh, God. 
in 2006 when I attempted to end a WCube radio broadcast by saying, Good night, you princes of poker, you kings of no limit. I was referencing what famous piece of literature. And remember, you can still phone a Hardigan. I'll phone a Hardigan. I have See? absolutely no idea. Oh, fucking useless. I'm just going to have to guess. Bleak House? <laughs> I was looking for the Cider House rules. Uh, the Cider House rules. American literature. Okay, fine. I'll let you keep your I'll keep your phone keep your phone a heart again. Two questions left. The effect of the 2008 financial disaster on real estate is sometimes referred to as this. I don't know. Do you want to phone a heart again? Yes. This one I can do. Housing crisis. The housing crisis is correct. Oh, one nice. Last, one last question, Lex. Place where I spent last night and woke up this morning. <laughs> um, your mom's house. Yes, your mom's house is correct. Well done. I, uh, I spend most nights there. Just kidding. Sometimes I leave after like two minutes. <laughs> All right, Lex. Well, I'm going to say you won the game because uh, you're too far away to kick me. Um, so congratulations, <laughs> Lex. Lex Veldhaus. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> I, uh, I can't believe he got your mom's house. I can. He knows you all too well. You know, I was thinking, James, I mentioned this last week, just uh, real quick before we get to our event recap. I think I want to be more attractive to Lex's mom. <laughs> and so I've really been letting myself go over the last few months. Like, I, Look, I made like basically the last year, like I made a move from London to New Jersey, from New Jersey to California. I've been on a plane like every couple days. Uh, for like the last year, and I, I was in pretty good shape when I was living in England. I was going to a trainer four or five days a week, and now it's ju it's just a mess down there. And I've been at the pools in Las Vegas, and Lex's mom has has sort of mentioned it to me a few times. And so I need to get back in shape. So I am just saying this out loud, so all the audience can hold me accountable for the next six weeks. It's going to be all salads and chicken breasts and exercise and getting a trainer again because I want to be in good shape for Barcelona. And so what I'm saying is now nobody may want to take me up on this. In Barcelona, I'm going to do a, a shirt off photo shoot. Wow. And um, yeah, so look, I, I'm not saying that I'm going to be ripped or anything, but I'm going to be in a state where I'm not going to be embarrassed to do this. And I'm having the audience hold me accountable to that. So there'll either be some disgusting photos of me or some barely passable photos of me by the time we get to Barcelona. It's been recorded on virtual tape. We have the journal of record and um, maybe, Joe, as we are shooting EPT Not Live at EPT Live in Barcelona, our InVision version of the podcast, maybe that would be your opportunity to display your fine frame. That is an excellent idea, James. We will we will do it then. I oh, to, boy. I, I have to credit producer Ben for that one because he just held up a piece of paper at the window saying he should do it on the podcast. Hey, producer Ben had an idea for something. That's fantastic. Wow. Really? What? that? I mean, end of season two, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Don't burn yourself out, producer Ben. Uh, <laughs> well, that'll be the next legit EBT event we recap, but I do have the all-in for CP charity tournament to tell you all about. Event Recap. Event Recap.
How much are you loving this music, Joe Stapleton? This song's fucking amazing, and we're probably going to use it for a lot of stuff <laughs> from now on. Like, I might just go running to this song. I basically went to some of the producers and said, you know those kind of like poker-themed or gambling-themed songs you find on Audio Network that are just so cliche-ridden that you'd never put them anywhere near a TV show? I want those for the podcast, please. And this was top of the list. That, I mean, it's awesome. Well done. Good job. Uh, perfectly appropriate by the way for a long ramble through joe's vegas shenanigans take us through point by point what you've been up to (laughs) in the last seven days well uh, all right first of all i was in fargo last time we did this show and we recorded very late i mean i think it was 3 30 in the morning i got to bed about five um and then i and so i've just been like running on empty for the last few days i immediately came back from fargo and that same day i didn't even check into my hotel i went straight from the gpl broadcast to this charity tournament and uh, bernard lee had invited me which is amazing that i still am in touch with bernard lee from the 2000 he, he was a big deal at the 2005 world series yeah and, uh, look he's managed to like carve a career for himself out of that like so god bless him i actually last time i saw him was at the 2010 world series because obviously he works does a lot of stuff with uh, espn now uh, i think he used to do a podcast for them as well and yeah. he was doing loads of stats and information about the 2010 final table he's, he's a good guy yeah I've, a really good guy and he texted me invited me to this charity tournament uh, oddly enough this is the same tournament where years ago that i met cheryl hines and sam simon if you guys remember that i became uh, friends with sam briefly before he passed away and so Bar- bernard was like look it's a 300 dollars buy-in but if uh, you can commit early uh, i will throw in a free hundred dollar add-on um and so i was like okay uh let me think about it eventually said yes because i thought it'd be good to, like i because i wanted to play some poker but also, like, it's it's like a good, it's just a good PR thing, right? It's like good to be there. It's good uh, to meet some of those people there. Good networking happens there. So I was like, everybody wins. And uh, I was like, sure, Bernard, I'll be there. And Bernard Lee, God bless him, he's always, you know, I mentioned he's carved out that role for himself. He's always continually carving. So I was like, hey, man, I'll tweet about it. And he was like, don't forget to retweet my tweet about it. And I was like, ha, 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 don't ever change, Bernard Lee. Um, so... Unfortunately, I did not realize the GPL was a double header that day. Typically, I get out of the GPL around 1230 or 1, and the tournament starts at 1230. Well, I didn't get out of the GPL till about 3. Ah. And in case you didn't realize this, James, the blinds and charity tournaments. Joe, I play my fair share of charity tournaments. Most of them don't even have late registration because by level 2, the average stack is 15 big blinds. Yeah, exactly. But this is one of those charity events where they really sort of shake you down when you're there, especially if you're a celebrity. So they expect you to rebuy even when you're going to have eight big blinds. So when I got into the tournament, I, I think I started with 10,000 chips and the blinds were at four and 800. So um, not really that good. I ended up getting it all in uh, and just breaking completely. And uh, I was in the middle of a massage. And so... Between the fact that I was in a massage and I didn't want to look like a cheap fuck, I double rebought to the tune of $200. So now I'm in this event for $500. But it was also really cool because there were like some cool celebrities there. Um, I was sitting next to uh, across the room was RJ Mitty, who played Walter White's son. Oh, yeah, Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Yeah, so I got to like hang out with two Breaking Bad performers so far this summer uh and sitting right next to me i didn't know who the guy was but he had cauliflower ear so i was like 
My guess is this guy's some sort of fighter, and he's this dude named Forrest Griffin. You don't follow fighting either, James, no. but I think if you do, you'd probably think that's pretty cool. And uh, he really had no idea what he was doing at poker, but he was he was upfront about it. And I was like, "Look, man, I'm happy to help you. Uh, ask me any question you want. No questions too stupid. I'll definitely just help you out." And uh, I was like, "But in return, I was like, I'm going to answer your poker questions. In return, you have to answer any questions I have about punching someone in the face." <laughs> And uh, Montel Williams got mad at me. Montel Williams. You upset was, Montel. Yeah, Montel was trying to auction off um, a Mike Tyson championship belt. Right. And um, you didn't troll Montel, did you? I didn't. I was just talking to my table, and I went, "Oh my god, that would look so stupid in my bedroom," which is not like really a troll. It was just you know kind of a funny joke. But all Montel heard was so stupid. And so he was like, oh, you think this is so stupid? Oh, no. And I was like, no, 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 no. Wait, you misheard me. I, I, look, I'm you. I've done this. I'm not trolling you. Don't worry. Um, so, yeah, so then uh, basically I got it all in uh, in a hand. It was ace-queen versus queen-jack. Um, and there was a jack on the, a queen and a jack on the flop. Ew. So I was like, uh, I'm out. And then it came running kings, and I like went to leave the table. You missed and the fact that you'd actually counterfeited your opponent's hand. Yes, because I'm so not used to winning all in. <laughs> and then after that, basically, I ended up just winning. Like I don't, I didn't make a post flop decision after that. Like after you generally, maybe ever, generally don't in charity. Yes, events, to be fair. so yeah, so like legitimately, I, it was either all in or fold for the whole rest of the tournament. James, I won like nine out of ten flips. Wow, this is and this is finally making up for all the times that it's not gone your way. Yeah, exactly. Like I won so many flips. I won the hands where I was ahead. I ended up getting moved to a table where I sat next to Phil Locke, who is my all time favorite poker player. He's just hilarious. Gentilly was sitting behind him, had a blast, um, made the final table. Now this is where the prize structure, James was a little weird. Uh, once we cashed, because I don't know if you saw my tweet, I did but like, okay, good. Because like, 11th place was like, well, what? Okay, so like, for example, like, um, 11th place would be something like a weekend stay at Harrah's. Okay. And then, and then 10th place would be like two hour poker lessons with Jamie Gold. So, um, right. I see where you're coming from. Some of the prizes were more appealing to me than others. Right. And so it's one of those situations where you want to bust in 11th rather than laddering up into 10th. Exactly, but I like didn't want to be that guy who was like really like like sweating the ICM of finishing like in fourteenth over ninth because I like the fourteenth place prize better. So I was like, you know what, I just got to win this. The first prize was ten thousand dollars. I was like, I just although I didn't want to win that because like then they expect you to give it back, right? Yeah, of course. So I wanted I wanted and the if most. There's one thing you've got a lot of experience of. It's giving prizes back in charity exactly, events. Exactly, exactly. So I wanted to win the prize. That I like was not cash, but also something that I wanted. And so um, I got the first time I'm all in at the final table, I got it all in Jacks versus Jack three. And the girl who I got it all in with was like a really hot chick. So like everyone was just pulling for her. Like everyone just wanted her to win. And the flop came two, four, five. Ooh. And so that's exactly what the whole table did. And so I was like, no. Fuck you, people. It's Jax versus Jax 3. I will not lose this hand. I will not lose this hand. I didn't lose the hand. Oh. And then later on, we're I think we're like uh, seven-handed. 
And um, I fold on the in the cutoff. I, I fold Ace Five suited um, when it's folded to me, and I have about twelve big blinds. And it comes around to Noah Schwartz, and he ended up getting a walk with Ace Jack. Wow. And uh, I told him I folded Ace Five suited, and he like lost his mind. He was like furious. Yeah, I think that's a very nittish fold. I mean, obviously, when we're gonna we're playing results, knowing the hands, you look like a genius. But in a vacuum, Joe. Right. Without the benefit of that information, I think Ace Five suited is probably a shove there. Yeah, I'm sure it's a shove, but I just had a bad feeling, and also I wanted a ladder. Like, uh, you know, there. The, the one thing is I had 12 big blinds. It's not like I had 12 big blinds and everybody else had 40. Sure. That's a very good point. I had 12 big I, blinds. You could have been chip leader. <laughs> right. I had 12 big blinds. Yeah. And I was probably middle of the pack. So I was just like, why risk it? Um, so now we're six handed and um, Noah Schwartz, it folds around to him. He's been, he's on my left and uh, he ends up <laughs> open folding ace five suited just to needle me. Right. And he would have run it into ace king. So that was a kind of cool little moment. Uh, finally, what happened is uh, I ended up getting it. I ended up calling all in with Ace Jack off up against uh, Pocket Queens of uh, Julie Cornelius, who I'd never met before. She's kind of a, a thing in the poker world, probably mostly in America, James. So I'm not sure if you met her. She ended up being awesome. I uh, had a good time with her. I, I busted out in sixth place, uh, which is I was perfectly happy with. I won a weekend stay at the Bellagio. Nice. That's a good plus, prize. Yeah. Plus two show tickets. Excellent. And you're going to be returning that prize to the charity, I assume. Correct. Not even a little. I was like, you're not getting any of this. I like tore a piece of the certificate off and left that behind. Because look, I was really happy. $500 is a lot for me. That's how much I was in this tournament for. And um, I was happy. I made a $500 donation. I won a prize that's like worth about what I put into it. Um, so I was really happy with that. Great day. But I did make a new friend that day, James. I was sitting for most of the day at the final table, even before that, with this guy who used to play for the Patriots named Lawyer Malloy, and we ended up becoming chummy. He was uh, he found me funny for some reason, and uh, so the next day, he invited me to his cabana at the pool. Him and my friend Joy Miller were at the pool together, and they invited me down, and I ended up doing what you do when you hang out in a cabana with an ex-NFL player. So, but I ended up drinking all day with him. And I was like, look guys, I got to go take a break and take a shower. And he invited me to go to a club with him later. I'm just going to go back to my room and have something to eat. So I go to my room, have a snack, drunk dial an ex-girlfriend uh, for about 45 minutes. What is wrong and with you? So I talked to her for a while and I decided I had gotten some food. I got some meatballs, ate them while I was on the phone. I was like, you know what? I want some more meatballs. So I go back downstairs to the Miracle Mile shops at Planet Hollywood and uh, I pass a massage station where they have massage chairs. And I was like, all right, this is awesome. I'm just going to get like a quick 20 minute massage, grab some meatballs, go back up to the room, shower. We'll go out and meet Lawyer Malloy at the club. Well, about 15 minutes into this 20 minute massage, I start to get the spins like really bad. Like I, I have to open my eyes and like the, what I can see through the hole in the massage chair is spinning. And I just stand up and the guy's like, are you all right? And I was like, ah, yeah, but I gotta, I'm sorry. Everything's good, but I just don't feel right. I gotta call it quits. Now I know that you should never rely on like Dr. Google or someone who's not a medical professional to diagnose a medical ailment. But I'm going to say that if you've been outside all day in the sun, in the desert, in the month of June, drinking alcohol, that is going to affect your constitution, young man. Uh, yeah, and I honestly didn't 
even for a second think about it because you know I do hold my liquor pretty well, right? So like, I, it really didn't occur to me that I was like too drunk to get a massage, and so when I stood up. Um, I started to get like the cold sweats that you get like right before you're about to throw up. And all I was thinking to myself is, please hurry, guys, and like let me pay for this because I need to run to the bathroom. The next thing I know, I'm I, what I thought was asleep, like I was dreaming uh, and breathing really, really hard. And then all of a sudden, I open my eyes and I'm standing, but I'm standing in a different spot than I had been before. And they tell me that I had passed out, I had fainted. Like, and I just didn't know where I was for a minute or two. And I was like, oh my God. And of course, my first thought is, I'm so fucking embarrassed. Like, this is really, really embarrassing. And then the next thing I did was I touched my head, like, in a bunch of places because I I didn't, because I know that if I, whatever I hit on the way down, I'm not going to feel it right away. And luckily, I think that I took the brunt of it on my elbow. My elbow is still pretty sore today. I don't think I broke anything, but, um, so I got really lucky however I felt, but I have no recollection of falling, no recollection of like standing up again. Dude. Um, yeah. And so they, uh, they're like, look, we, we had to call security. Like we didn't know what to do. And I was like, no, it's fine. It's okay. Like I, I get it. Don't worry about it. And, um, when security came though, I don't know why, but my first instinct was to lie. Like I lied about my name and my address and I didn't want to, do you know what, do you know what name I came up with? That sounds so fake. Damien Jaws Stapleton. Damien Jaws Stapleton. I just was like, Joe. You, I've got an ID card as well. Oh, that's true. I don't have an Omni anymore. Great call, though. Um, I, they're like, what's your first name? I was like, Joe. And he's like, last name. And I'm like, Stevenson. <laughs> oh, man. It just sounds such a made up, terrible though, right? liar. That's your problem. I'm a bad liar. I'm a really bad liar. And I mean, so, uh, security is not what's needed here. You probably need to be inspected by a aforementioned medical professional yes and they had ju- they, i'd woken up like just before they were going to call an ambulance and i'm so glad they didn't because i would just been like so embarrassed um if me stupidly having too much to drink and getting a massage um like took away an ambulance from someone actually having like a real emergency i just would have been really beside myself um so yeah security like maybe like followed me back to my uh to the elevators at least they didn't go all the way up to my room with me but uh yeah, I was just, you know, look, I guess it was it was dehydration, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really deceptive drinking outdoors in Vegas. <laughs> you're in the desert. You've got to drink water. And if, you, if you're not balancing the two, you're going to have problems. So you know how I've always said I'm going to drink more water? Yeah, you say it, but you never actually I've do been, it. I've been doing it. Like, I've been just forcibly drinking water because, like, now anytime I even get, like, remotely out of my own headspace like i'm like oh my god is it gonna happen again so i've just been like drinking tons and tons of water and then so later that night lawyer malloy did text me to ask me to go to the club with him and i just couldn't i was like so i just can't obviously do that um especially because i had gpl the next day and yeah now this is why i kind of knew that there'd been a fainting incident i didn't know the details and i'm quite horrified to hear them quite frankly joseph but yes it was teased (laughs) as an anecdote when you actually played heads up inside the glass box on the GPL. Now, how on earth did this come about? I'm assuming this was not planned. No, it wasn't planned. The London Royals didn't show up. Uh, we were told by Liv Bury that it was either going to be Mormon or Vanessa Selps. Neither one of them was responding to any sort of messages uh, that morning. And so I was just like, look, guys, I know it wouldn't counter anything, but if you still want to have a show... 
uh, I'll get into the queue, but I'll play against Mark Andre, and that's what I did. It was I, it, it was a really good time. It was fun, and Mark Andre was a good sport. He beat me. Um, and the one thing I'll say is that, like, I, I'm not going to say I would have beat him otherwise, but like, I wasn't giving it my full effort m- for multiple reasons. One, because then I would have to say I gave it my full effort. Two, because I think it's actually kind of bad for the league and for poker if I beat him. Like, not super bad, but, like, it looks better if he wins. And three, like, I just wanted to have a good time with it. And there was a guy who tweeted at me when I said, I'm going to be playing in the GPL today. And he was like, okay, don't be too nitty. So there was a hand where Mark andre like, bet, like, half my stack on the river. And I was like, I'm going with the guy on Twitter. And just called, knowing that I probably wasn't going to be good there when he makes, like, a pot-sized, you know, over bet. So I'm assuming this was just an exhibition game, right? This didn't actually count towards anyone's score in the league. Didn't actually count. Um, I have no say in the league. I thought if you don't show up that you should forfeit all your points for the day, but I think they're going to settle on six of nine points. I was saying that (laughs) I've actually decided, though, that I'm going to steal this idea for the EPT. And from now on, if someone fails to show up for the final table, I'm going to take their seat (laughs) and I'm going to play their stack. Yes. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm sure the brass will love that. I love the fact that you're coming up with cockamamie ideas for once. Uh, James, did, I played a little 4-8 limit in the Orleans yesterday real quick. And just I played one of those really annoying limit pots where it was a kill pot. I had one, two pots in a row. And then I like it capped like nine ways before the flop. And I had pocket kings and a guy ran me down with queen ten of diamonds. Like I'm just like betting and raising every single street. Oh, that's yeah, why I don't just, play limit. I always like there was no seats open in one three. I was going to the movies and this girl uh, was late and I was like, I'm just going to sit in a game for a while. And it's just four eight was the only thing with a seat open. So oh, whatever. Just utterly sucks as a game. It's uh, great. Right. Let's bring on our second guest of the show. I guess he qualifies as a super fan. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out and would do anything for the European poker tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So this week we're doing something a little bit different on Superfan versus Stapes. We're going to have the game in a moment. We've got a trivia quiz. We've still got prizes to give away. But before that, Joe, we're going to break something down. Yeah, hopefully not this kid's entire mind, body, and soul. Hopefully we're just going to break down his commentary. A guy by the name of uh, James Day wrote to me a few weeks ago, linked a YouTube video where he was attending some commentary in his home game. And uh, I liked it, by and large. But James and I are going to give him some honest feedback on his work, and then he's going to stick around to challenge me in some Survivor trivia. Um, James, should we should we allow him to respond while we do this? Or I think so. I think that's only okay. fair. So let's welcome, from a land down under, James Day from Australia. Welcome to EPT Not Live. G'day, guys. How's it going? How are you, James? Ah, he's second day. Are you serious? That's not real. <laughs> <laughs> Next, you're going to tell us you're wearing one of those hats with little corks. <laughs> I'm actually in a hoodie, but um, yeah, the cork hat I can see just from my, where I am now. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for sharing this video with us, James. I, I, it's a brave man who attempts to do poker commentary. I'm taking it this was just some home game. They're that- desperate. Uh, some home game that you filmed and then at some point thought, do you know what? I'm actually going to provide a commentary track to this. It's a thing I've wanted to do for a while. Obviously, um, watching you guys who are the kings at it, I thought I would like to give it a crack. Um, I'm interested to hear how you guys think I did, though. Well, I think Joe said it, first of all, that, yeah, by and large, 
It's good. My favorite thing about the video, and unfortunately this doesn't come across in an audio podcast, we can play audio <laughs> clips, but we can't show the video, is how you cut in the flop shot. The fact that yeah. just like we do, you go to the overhead so we can see as the flop turn and river come down. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, shittily done. I can, I can say that myself. <laughs> It kind of worked for it. Like, it gave it, like, a certain charm. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, when we got audition videos for, like, other stuff, like, some of them are so bad that I want to, like, have them on the show and make fun of them. And James is like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> Yours, obviously, was shoddy, but I don't know. It's It just worked for me. I found it. I found it. It tickled me. It, it just made me. I played it for people here in the office of the GPL, too, and they liked it. So. Yeah. Um, overall, good stuff. I do, James, before we get started on this, and I may owe him a yeah. third one. Uh, I owe James Day uh, two baskets of apology kittens. So let's get one of those out right now. <laughs> one of them is because like, I was like really snippy with him when he was like, hey, man, are we doing the podcast today? And I was like, obviously, <laughs> like the information is above. And it turned out I was wrong. So I owe him a basket of apology kittens for that. And I also owe him a, a basket of apology kittens because I thought he was from New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, you messaged me uh, saying, asking, well, I don't know if I can go ahead. Uh, it's related to what I chose my fan uh, uh, topic. You chose Survivor. And I chose Survivor, yeah. Yeah, and I just States, wanted to check which uh, version of Survivor we were talking about because if it was some kind of localized version, I didn't know where I was going to find the information. Stapes asked if I was uh, wanting the New Zealand version. I said, I don't think there is a New Zealand version for one. And two, I'm not even from New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I have to ask, James, what's worse? Is it worse for an Aussie to be accused of being a Kiwi or worse for a Kiwi to be accused of being an Aussie? I can only speak for um, my point of view, but so I would wow, definitely say Wow, look at this guy. He knows, look, he, know, he knows how to be politically correct too. <laughs> I'll definitely say that it's worse to be uh, thought of to be a Kiwi when you're an Australian. <laughs> They're kind of like our kid little brother, I think. They have hobbits. You don't. Okay, let's get to the actual commentary itself, James, in your actual home game. And let's let's kick things off with your introduction to the show. Welcome back to hand number 33 of tonight's play. James Day is the current chip lead after winning a big all-in pot. Plus, he's also the best looking and he packs mad heat. <laughs> now this might be my favorite line of the entire video and it's literally the first yeah. line of the video and ironically you actually apologize for this in your own video description on youtube yeah for sure why are you apologizing this is like a man after my own heart james like he makes a joke that like most people uh, shit i can't really say this about myself that some people are gonna love but he feels real terrible about it like that's how i feel about most of the things i say on the air i'm like oh this is not very smart or <laughs> clever and people are like oh that thing you said was very funny clap clap so we've been introduced <laughs> to james day in other words you're commenting on yourself uh, yeah. You'll have the chip lead, you're the best looking, you pack mad heat. Then we're introduced yeah. to some of the other players at the table. Uh, hey, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I just now realised that he was in the video and doing the commentary. No, I wasn't in the video, I was literally uh, standing up. I checked to see my hand uh, if it was good, uh, but it wasn't. I think I had 10-3 or something, so I folded it quickly. Uh, but that introduction was about yourself though. I didn't, I didn't realise that till right now. That was exactly about myself. I'm stupid. Try and keep up, Joe. So you introduced <laughs> us to yourself, uh, and then you yeah. introduced the other players, or some of the other players. 
Nair has pocket threes and calls, as does Harold. Now, first time you mention a player, you've got to give their full name, James. All we've got here are surnames. Yeah. So there's our first piece of constructive feedback. Actually, James, if I could go back for a second to the first clip. You talked over a player, too. Never talk over the players. Have you never <laughs> seen the Twitch chat? Don't talk over the players. Oh, you didn't know a player was going to talk or you had no room to say anything? Don't talk over the players. <laughs> yeah, Julie noted. Okay, so we don't really get to know these characters. All we have are their last names. Um, but at least we get the flop called for us. The flop comes down 8-7 rainbow. Well, actually, we get two-thirds of the flop called for us. It's eight, seven, <laughs> something, rainbow. Only two yeah, cards. I, I, I got to back James up on this one. James Hardigan, that is. <laughs> but, now, but now comes the point where James Day is not trying to challenge me for play-by-play. -play. He's trying to challenge Joe Stapleton for making metaphors and puns. Have a listen to this. Welsh's top pair, whilst Conroy hits more air than Shaq at the free-throw line. Oh, yes. Stapleton-esque gags for the win. I think I might have actually made that joke before. Um, but uh, I give you... I give, Look, here's the thing. I'm sure I've made jokes that other people have made before. I appreciate the effort. The one actual criticism I would give here, and back me up on this, James. I, yeah. Now, maybe you're, maybe you're right because you know about it in New Zealand, but I would think that Shaq <laughs> wouldn't play... <laughs> Huh. The Shaq reference wouldn't play to an international audience, so I tend to avoid making NBA references on uh, on Poker Stars broadcast because because we're trying to talk to the world. Very uh, specific, yeah. Maybe uh, more general in the future. I'm gonna say though, I'm gonna say that I would agree with the vast majority of people playing in the NBA. I think everyone's heard of Shaq, and they know he's bad at free throws. Uh, it doesn't really matter. He's shit at free throws. I think it kind of. I think it kind of. The, the joke, if, even if you don't know who he is or know his reputation, I think the joke still plays. So I'm actually going to give you a thumbs up for that one, JD. Hey, look, I'm just trying to improve you in the, okay. in the future. I well, have no issues with it. But don't worry, because this isn't the only Stapleton-esque gag we have. Now, there's a chap in your home game, Conroy. I don't know his first name. You'll have to let me know. Yeah. Richard Conroy. Richard Conroy plays, I believe the expression we like to use is unconventionally. <laughs> Very unconventionally. Yeah, he has bugger all uh, other than Queen High on the flop, but decides to call. And let's have a listen to James Day, the commentator, reacting to Conroy's call with Queen High. I've had better calls to my ex while drunk at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> now that is totally out of the playbook of Joseph Marcel Stapleton. Bit of self-deprecation. Uh, one, I think, which Joe thrives in. Two, call back to an ex-girlfriend. Uh, which is pretty Joe Stapleton-esque as well. Also Norman Chad. Also Norman Chad, too. Yeah, he likes referencing his ex-wives. I love the joke. I would just work a little bit on ending your joke with, like, the funniest word, right? So, like, in the morning is not really... 3 a.m. in the morning is not really the funniest part of that joke, so you want to end it on end it on girlfriend. I've made yeah, worse yeah, calls at, at 3 a.m. to my ex-girlfriend. If we're going to be really yeah. picky, we should also point out the tautology of AM in the morning. But now Correct, we're being yes. really, really anal. Um, so let's get to one of my favourite lines, and it relates to Mr. Conroy, um, who is facing an all-in on the river. And just to clarify, his hand has not improved since the flop. He has queen high, but for some unknown reason is considering calling a shove. Uh, let's listen to James Day's analysis. Is, he, is Conroy awake? 
I would have folded my hand about five minutes ago. Conroy hasn't moved in about 17 minutes. Can someone <laughs> please check on Conroy? Does he know he has Queen High? I think I feel like Stevie Wonder would have folded his hand by now. I like the fact that you were able to convey in what obviously was recorded after the event, your incredulity at this man tanking over what seems like a trivial decision. Is he always like this or was this something special? A bit of both. He said after the hand was played that uh, he knew I was filming and was basically trying to be a boss for the video if I did put it up on YouTube. <laughs> I think in re- I think I think if we uh, had the time over and I wasn't filming, he probably would have folded pre-flop. I hear you. That's why I kind of would have gone with I would have gone with this joke. I'd have been like, "We got a big old Conroy, never has a hand. We got a big old Conroy. Wish he wasn't a poker on TV fan." <laughs> He'll be uh, super psyched that you made that joke, Stapes. But uh, so I'm just saying, sometimes you got to go the distance. Look, uh, I thought that me and James Hardigan were going to like really rip this apart, but in a funny way. So um, if I could, I was just going to say, I didn't really get the impression that he was taking all the jokes you made about him taking too long. He really wasn't taking that long. I'm just kidding. I, guess I so, like yeah. no, I like no, I like <laughs> the jokes. I like what you're going for there. It was uh, I. Look, I thought it was super funny, and I also, again, liked the fact that it was very clear to me that you were trying to cram as many jokes in, into like a not very long window as possible, and that also is a man after my own heart. Well, I don't know how you do it, States, but I had—I uh, didn't write out the whole script, but I definitely had the jokes that I did put in uh, written ahead of time. Wait, you, you ad-libbed your own poker commentary video when you didn't have to? That's uh, why the mad heat is at the start because I'm basically just too lazy to go back and change it. Wow, James, this guy did it all in one take. I noted that in the YouTube description and I was going to give you credit for that because that is in itself a challenge. You're in an environment where you know you can go back and do it again. It's not live. It's a pre-recorded video, but I give you props for actually sticking with it and doing it in one take and doing it what we call (laughs) plausibly live. So good job, James Day. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate the feedback. Now, let's see if we can give you some prizes. Because on, one, one second, one second. Stay the fuck away from my job. <laughs> I think your job's safe, mate. Well, now, let's see if we can give you some prizes, James Day, because we have a Step C ticket worth 27 euros and an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt in a game we do like to call Superfan versus Stapes. You've already mentioned that your specialist subject is the TV show Survivor. Um, I have done some intense research on said TV show, and I have a series of questions that I'm ready to ask now. Superfan versus Stapes. James Day, um, I, look, I, this show is in danger of running ridiculously long, so just real quick, what, what do you actually do? I work at a Australian hardware uh, company called Bunnings Warehouse, and I study primary teaching. Oh my god, okay, there's just too much fun I can have with a with an Australian hardware store. James, start the game. <laughs> okay, as you are our guest, James Day, and as you did such a sterling job on the commentary of your home game, we're going to give you the yep. option of going first or second, uh, taking the odd questions or the even questions. So, how do you want to play it? I will go second, if that's alright, guys. Absolutely fine. So let's kick things off with question number one for Joe Stapleton. Joe, some features of the Tribal Council were unique to Season 1, 
and disappeared after the first year. So which of these are true and which are false? In season one, the castaways rang a gong as they arrived and exited the arena. That is true. For a point. Host Jeff Probst, Probst, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Probst. He awesome wore, guy, by the way. He wore a crown of sticks and feathers. True. Incorrect. <laughs> the castaways were boxed in by tribal guards with spears. False. Correct for a point. There was a treasure chest full of fake dollar bills. Uh, false. It was true. Every Damn TV it. show always goes down the cheese route, but clearly <laughs> they regretted it after season one. And finally, in season one, the castaways passed around a conch shell and took turns talking. True. It is true. So you scored three out of five. Well done. That was really lucky I got that one because I think that's the only season of Survivor I've actually watched. Well, here's your question then, James, and it relates to the 10th yeah. season of Survivor, which apparently set quite a lot of records. Question is, which of these are true and which are false? Survivor Season 10 saw the greatest number of ties at tribal councils. Greatest number of ties. I'm going to go true. Correct. It was the first time there were 20 contestants at the start of the game. Uh, true again. Correct, for another point. Damn. Season 10 witnessed the longest challenge in Survivor history. Uh, is that history like still up to that point or overall? I think it was up, up to that point and may even be beyond that point. I think it's true. I think it's when, uh, well, um, yeah, I'll say true. It is true. Uh, it was the first time that a castaway was hospitalized due to dehydration. Uh, false? Correct. Damn it! Finally, <laughs> season 10 was the first time that a tribe didn't win a single immunity challenge. Uh, true? Wow, you just went five for five. Love oh, it. Suck a kiwi. <laughs> Joe, you get question three, and it's about season one. In the oh. year 2000, Richard Hatch won the first season of Survivor. What happened to him six years later? He went to jail for tax evasion. Correct, because he didn't declare his winnings. Uh, there is a bonus question attached to this, Joe. Richard Hatch is also the name of one of the stars of Battlestar Galactica, both the original and the reboot. Can you name either of the characters he played in either version? He played two different characters and two different versions. Yeah. He played Roger Smith. No. Captain Roger Smith, sorry. No, no, he didn't. Uh, do you happen to know who Richard Hatch played in either of the Battlestar Galacticas, James Day? Uh, I've got no idea, so I'm going to go with Dick Wadlington. That is not the <laughs> correct answer. Funnily enough, you could have had Captain Apollo in the original <laughs> or Tom Zarek. In the reboot. This kid's too funny. I don't like him. Michael Scuppin, or Scoopin, was the first castaway to leave the game without being voted off. What happened to him? He fell in the fire. 
he did. Sorry. I know we shouldn't laugh oh about God, that. I just almost <laughs> spit coffee out. He did. There was a nasty campfire accident and he had to be flown to hospital. Uh, burned his hands. So Michael actually later returned for which season? It's your bonus question, James. Uh, it was, it was the, uh, the one that Denise won, I think, Survivor Philippines. But what would number? What season number? Twenty-five. Oh my God, he got it right. Jeez, I was gonna say that Philippines would have. I was gonna vote that he gets the point anyway. But this kid is a fucking dynamo. I know my survivor, gents. You do. The score is seven points to Superfan James Day. Currently four points to Joe. Uh, quick trivia question for you, Joe Stapleton. In Survivor history, how many castaways have won the car and gone on to win the million dollars? Um. It just sounds like a trick question, but... 22? Incorrect. You can steal for a point, James Day. I can only remember off the top of my head Amber doing it in Season 8 of All Stars, but technically she didn't win the car. She was kind of given it by Boston Rob, so I'm going to give it... I'm going to go with one. The answer actually is none. No one has actually won the car and then gone on to win the million dollars. I'm afraid the example you cited does not count as a win. I wouldn't worry too much. You're still 7-4 up, and it's your question, James. Which of these poker players has not appeared on their country's version of Survivor? Jean-Robert Balland, Anna Kat, Leo Margetz, Eugene Kachalov, Fatima DeMelo. I know JRB has. Uh, Who are the other ones? Eugene, Fatima... Leo Margetz and Anna Cat or Kate. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the first one you just mentioned then. Which one did I just Leo. mention? No, Leo Margetz think- did appear in the Spanish version of Survivor. Eugene Kachalov appeared on a show called The Mole, but he has never appeared on Survivor. Right, final round. Joe, you got some points to make up here. I need you to name the country where the following seasons were filmed, okay? <laughs> okay. So, here we go. Survivor Redemption Island. Antigua. Incorrect. It was Nicaragua. Survivor Worlds Apart. Um, uh, uh, oh, I, um, Azerbaijan. Incorrect. It was Nicaragua again. <laughs> Survivor, heroes versus villains, and I'll give you a clue. It was not. It was not Nicaragua. Shit. (laughs) Heroes versus villains. Um, We're gonna go with. uh, 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 Oh, oh, uh, hold on. Um, The Seychelles. No, it was Samoa. Uh, It's the same idea for you, James Day. You've won the game, but let's see if you can show off some more knowledge. Yeah. Survivor, the Amazon. Uh, Amazon, I don't know, Africa? No, that's a continent, not a country. Also, (laughs) the Amazon is in South America. The answer was Brazil. Jack, stay in school, kid! Stay in school, son! (laughs) Survivor All-Stars. All-Stars. Samoa? No, it was Panama. And finally, Survivor Blood versus Water. Um, Nicaragua. 
No, it was the Philippines. So no points scored in the final <laughs> round, but it doesn't matter because you already had a lock on the game. James Day, you have beaten Stapes in this quiz with a score of seven points to four. You get the Stepsy ticket worth 27 euros. You get the Everyone Loves a Chop Pop t-shirt. And thank you once again for sharing that video with us. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Well, this is it. It's time to say goodbye for the summer. We are taking six weeks off. Uh, James, do we still have the stand-up clip for me from like a month ago? No, that's been deleted. Um, and also, I wanted to mention, uh, you can follow me. I'm sorry, a little self-promotion, but I'll be tweeting about and doing stuff from the EPTs from now on to Snapchat. If you want to keep up with me this summer, I've got a Snapchat name. The name is Joey Stapes. Um, yesterday, I took a bunch of videos. They upgraded me, James. I'm not at the Excalibur anymore for the GPL. Alex rented this like insanely huge house, which apparently is only like $300 a day because of the housing crisis. And um, so I'm like going to do like a lot of fun stuff out of the house this summer. If people want to follow along some videos and stuff like that. So uh, Snapchat. And um, I guess that's it until a few weeks before Barcelona. Yeah, we'll be back. I think it's uh, the 10th of August is when we're recording. So it'll be the 11th of August that we'll release episode 53 of EPT Not Live as we look ahead to the start of season 13 of the European Poker Tour. Excellent. Well, that's all the time we got for uh, this show for season two of EPT Not Live. Hey, thanks, everybody. On the other side of the glass real quick, Ben and James and Giles. Thank you, guys. Um, it's been a, It's been a really fun uh, season for us. And uh, James, you want to say any any parting words, anything? I'm just going to say uh, we probably need to finish because they've started banging again upstairs and it's really annoying me. Goddamn those sexy neighbors and their constant banging upstairs. That's all the time we got for this season of EPT Not Live. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>